Welcome to Documentary First, inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I am your host, Josh Lindsay, from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with us is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hey, Josh. Good to see you. I thought you were frozen for a second. No, not frozen. <laughs> we're, we're, we're still zooming. Yeah, we are still <laughs> zooming. And also with us is our trusty, dusty, research extraordinaire, uploading podcast guy, Jason Rugg. Hey there. Hey there. Hey there. And this is fun. We've been having guests uh, these last several podcasts. And from the new content creative team, we've got Kyla Redding and Samuel King. Hello, guys. Hello. How's it going? So we have a lot to talk about. Um, the film is finished. Not finished. Where are we at, Christian? Well, it technically is finished. All the little mistakes and glitches with the color um, and stuff that we had the last time we were on the podcast has been taken care of. And the new versions are uploaded to our online screeners. So our film festivals and other interested parties can watch it. I'm super happy, relieved, proud of it, excited, all of those things. And we... Uh, have upped our numbers a little bit since last week about um, the film festivals. This week we entered the film festival Ghent, which is in uh, Belgium, and it's a huge film festival focused on the score. And so this will be a really big deal if we get in for Jeff Kurtenacker. So I'm really hoping for that one. We did get bad news this week. We were uh, we received another rejection, which is quite which was quite shocking for me actually. We were not accepted to the Hamilton New York Film Festival, which is a tiny little film festival, and I was like, oh, of course we'll get into that one. Uh, oh. But no, we did not, and so I was really shocked. However, I was super excited because we also got an acceptance this week. And it's a really good festival. It is a documentary festival. And we were told that we should enter it by James Matteo, who plays Frank Perconti and Band of Brothers. I saw him, um, you know, I've met a lot of now the Band of Brothers actors. And when he saw my film, he said, you really should enter this into this doc fest. It's a great fest. It's, um, you know, really, it'd be a great thing if you got in. So on his recommendation, we entered. I didn't have a lot of hopes because it was one of the higher tier festivals and we got early acceptance. They are still accepting submissions and uh, somehow we got accepted early. And I can't tell you the name of the film festival yet, unfortunately, because we are not supposed to announce that until they announce it in August. So, I mean, oh my gosh, I'm terrible at keeping secrets. I may have already let it slip out of the bag somewhere, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to try not to let the word sleep seep out. Anyway, so. So August is when, is when they are starting to promote it. Yeah. And when is the festival? October, October 7 October. through 11. And do you know if people will be going to the festival or if it will be virtual or anything like that? Everything's still up in the air. They are going to try to do a hybrid festival, so in person and online. Um, I think how in person it will be will depend on how many theaters are opened up and are people going to them and what is the world like then. Uh, I 
and they are not inviting all of the films to be in person. So the next big hurdle we have to overcome is to be uh, accepted to the in-person part of it. That's obviously the more prestigious part. But I did have a conversation with them this week and, you know, pointed out to them, not only does my film come, but we have World War II veterans that would be interested in coming with us, reenactors, um, lots of veterans groups and organizations like to support us. And so this, um, I'm hoping that all the dry runs that we've done all over the last year, all over the United States, and all these people that we've met and made friends with are going to get really give us a leg up at these festivals once we get in because who doesn't want to see World War II veterans or a lot of times we'll have reenactors come and they bring jeeps or you know people dress up as 40s people so it's just a super exciting thing that people can report on and and we just hired a new publicist to help us lobby this film festival and newspapers and other things like that. It was such an exciting day this week. We were just going to interview this publicist and hear about them. And I'd already talked to them once and really thought that it would be a good fit for us. Uh, but I wasn't going to pull the trigger until we got into a film festival. As soon as we finished meeting with them and hung up, I checked my email and there was our acceptance. So I was like, wow, I guess I better hire them. So it was super wonderful to hire them because now they're going to help us spit and polish our log line and our synopsis and all of our pitch packet and things like that. And we really needed somebody to do that for us. So that's great. Would, would you normally have hired a publicist sooner had you had the money? No, you don't really need one until you have something to publicize. So the fact that we are we're getting into this film festival, this will be the first big thing that we need to tell everybody about, raise awareness about, get people to cover. Again, your end result is to have your film distributed. And so in America, the you know, typical way for an independent producer to do that is do the film festivals, start that media buzz, people getting interested in what you're seeing. But in order for the world to hear about that, you need people to report on that. And so a publicist is there. They have all the connections for media outlets and they know how to get in touch with TV and print and just different magazines. What I liked about this organization is they say, we're not going to focus just on your typical media outlets. We want to look at other streams of interest for your film. So Christian, you're a first time filmmaker. You've done this film all virtually. We can begin marketing your work in magazines that are dealing with filmmaking, not just, you know, or magazines that are dealing with history or biography. Um, or just different things we can focus on that can bring attention to your film. Uh, they are out of the box thinkers with how to, you know, get publicity for the girl who wore freedom. So yeah, it's the right so time. How does that tie in with Kyler and, and Sam? So they, they make up what you call the new content creative team. And in my mind, they're doing things a publicist might do, but they're, they're creating content. So maybe you want to introduce them and then kind of hear, we can hear from Kyler and Sam as, as, as more about their roles and what they're doing. 
Yeah, I'm so excited about these two guys. I would like the world to meet Kyler Redding and Sam King. Uh, these are the guys that are my new content creation team. Uh, they are young editors just out of college and they came on board. I'll let them tell their stories, but their role is to help me create new content. Both of them are volunteering. Sam is our official intern, actually. He's getting college credit for helping out the girl who wore freedom. And they, what they're doing is creating new content for us to put on our website to share and educate our audience, which is really growing. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter followings are really growing. YouTube, I mean, Kyler, Kyler started with like two YouTube subscribers. And so now we're up to, I don't know, a hundred something and doesn't sound like a lot, but for us, that was a big deal. So in creating that new content, we want to share that with the world, drive people to our website and, you know, discover our film. So Kyler has been here the longest. Uh, he did just get married and get a new job. So yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, so he's sort of taken an advisory role at the moment while we've got um, Sam's hands in the stew. So anyway, um, they're such a wonderful part of our team. I'm super happy to have them. Well, let's start with Kyler. Kyler, so um, tell us about your background. Uh, your, uh, Christian mentioned that you're, you graduated from film school. Is that right? Uh, I graduated from Dallas Baptist University with a degree as close to film as I could possibly get. And that's, <laughs> that's broadcast, which, uh, I mean, broadcast digital media. So it covered a big spectrum, but I specifically wanted to specialize in film. I also minored in history. And um, well, while I was in college, I ended up uh, reading Phil Vischer's book, uh, Me, Myself, and Bob. And I kind of got on a Phil Vischer kick for a bit and listen to his podcast and a lot of our volunteers actually came from listening to the holy post i actually wasn't so interested in the holy post at first but i did hear about a different one is a is a, a smaller podcast called the movie proposal have you heard of it not so small but yes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well i uh i listened to the girl who wore freedom episode and i freaked out i loved it i love the idea of it so much so uh, I called Christian when the moment I finished that episode and uh, we ended up connecting and I've been here for over a year and a half now. So thank so, you, Josh, for Kyler. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is really interesting. I, you know, I, my, my degree is in speech therapy and turns out I hate speech therapy, but I got the degree <laughs> anyway. I decided to go to grad school for film and Dallas Theological Seminary was actually at the top of my list. Um, huh. But I, I ended up not going there because it wasn't, it was, it was too heavily weighted on the, I don't know, the theology side, not heavily weighted enough on the film side. So I went to, I applied to all these film schools. I got rejected by all of them, by the way. Um, maybe I should have gone to Dallas. Um, but how, how was your experience in, uh, I mean, wanting, did you go, I mean, do you want to make films? Like, what did you want to do, Kyler? Yeah, I, I definitely want to make films. Um, I've got a lot of great ideas, but, you know, being newly married and also having a job kind of can make it a little bit difficult getting that started in that direction. Um, but did but, you did you pursue a degree at Dallas because you wanted to make films, or what, did you go there for a different reason, or what, how is that connected? You know, uh, I just really knew that I loved video editing. Um, and so I 
picked that degree because I, I knew I would get stronger in that that way. And I really didn't know where I was going to go from there. But I always have loved the idea of making a film. And so whenever I heard about Christian and the, the Girl Who Wore Freedom, uh, I thought it was a perfect fit. Well, and I'll say what's been so great about having Kyler on the team is that he he does have this youthful exuberance, enthusiasm, creative ideas. And so, um, you know, that is what a filmmaker is. A filmmaker has a vision and is a storyteller and wants a vehicle, searches a vehicle to tell a story. And so Kyler has brought more than just, you know, editing skills. And I, like with others, have given him a lot of latitude to create whatever he's interested in creating. Um, you know, we do have a wonderful platform to give them, to say, here, cut your teeth on these things. I'm gonna give you complete, um, you know, really oversight over this little project and let's see what you can do. He did get a job and he is doing video editing and working and making these little mini films for an auction house, right, Kyler? Yeah, Heritage Auctions um, in Dallas. I think he would prefer to work for the girl who wore freedom full time if we could have paid him. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, if it was an option, it would have been great. Yeah, so maybe one day for our next uh, film when we I'm get open to that, you're on board, Kyler. You know, you're yeah. sitting pretty. So, well, let's introduce Sam again. Sam King is part of the new content creative team, officially an intern, getting college credit. Where, where are you going to school, Sam? I'm going to school at Palm Beach Atlantic University. I technically um, have the degree now in cinema arts. They read my name on the virtual commencement, but I had a few uh, credits left over. So I, I took an internship course and um, then this project came up and I was able to apply um, this to the internship. Um, so yeah, technically graduated, but still taking a class. It's a, it's a kind of limbo period for me right now. What and say say the degree that you have again? Cinema arts. So what like is it more of like a, a study of history of cinema or making cinema? What, what what's it? No, about? it's it's a film production degree um, for sure. It's a uh, um, I took a, a screenwriting course, um, a cinematography course. Um, I directed and I'm still editing a, a senior film. Um, and yeah, it's uh, kind of a, a a straight up movie degree. Can, can awesome. we see, like, do you have work that you've created that's out there that we can see? Um, yes. Um, and my senior project isn't up there. A lot of the stuff on my um, YouTube page is a lot of, like, the class projects. It's not necessarily stuff I hope to still be, like, the only thing that I can show for myself in about, like, five years. But, yeah. There's oh, some hang on. <laughs> we are about to publish three things that you have worked on for the last two weeks. Oh, That's yeah. the whole reason of you having your internship. So people have <laughs> other things to show for what you have done. No, for sure. It just what have you been odd. learning? It feels odd for me using this platform to promote my YouTube channel because it's mostly class projects at the moment. Um, I, I, the, the inquiring mind wants to know. We want to get to know you, <laughs> Sam. So what a better way than to go to your YouTube channel, right? Just give it like a day or two so I can uh, take some, <laughs> some stuff down. <laughs> and be sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> okay, well, let's shift gears. How did you get connected to the Girl Who Wore Freedom? Um, uh, well, man, like I've been, I've been a fan of um, Holy Post, Phil Vischer podcast for about seven years now um, as a um, 
odd Christian in a kind of fundamentalist world, kind of wanting to criticize things and make jokes that people thought were, I guess, inappropriate to joke about things. And I found the the Phil Vischer podcast and totally felt free to be myself after seeing um, Phil and everybody else um, do that. So um, that it was highly uh, formative for me in kind of my late teenage years. Um, and I've been um, avidly following them ever since. Um, so it's just kind of the, the stars aligned in a way because um, quarantine happened. Um, I worked for my school and to be able to work from home, um, my school's media department allowed me to have um, one, of the, one of our work computers to be able to edit from home. And right around that time, uh, Christian on the podcast um, just threw it out. Like we need, we need, we could use any volunteers. And so I'm like, Hey, I can edit from home. I can, I, and so I emailed Christian and like the very same day got a call from Christian Taylor and it was like super exciting. And um, yeah, just blew me away. still blows me away. Um, so that's kind of how I got involved. You, you know what I think is funny about these stories of people getting involved? It's like when someone reaches out to Christian, it's like seconds. She's on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, Kyler, was that your story? Absolutely. I So, like, I called her after I listened to the podcast episode, and I was freaking out, and I left her a really, like, emphatic voicemail and said, you know, I really want to be involved. And she called me back five minutes later, and she says, I usually don't call people back, but you sound really passionate. <laughs> yes, please. Apparently, she calls everyone back instantly. <laughs> Apparently. It is funny. Just about everybody that's come on said she called me instantly, <laughs> which is funny. I do not call everyone that writes me. It has to be, they have to have a special je ne sais quoi. And all of these people have had something super special. I mean, I could tell that. Kyler was super passionate. I really just, just from the voice message, Sam the same, and I could tell it was going to be a good fit. So, but we've had a lot of needs. And so when someone steps up and says, I want to volunteer, like for me, that's a big deal. That's someone taking a section of their life to give time, to be a part of something. And, um, I don't want them to have second thoughts, so I give them a call right away. <laughs> well, you, you have better instincts than I do. My thought would have been like, let them think I'm too busy to talk to them. You know, <laughs> keep them on the hook a little bit longer, right? You know, nope, pop them right up, right? So um, maybe, uh, Kyler, maybe you could walk us through an example of a project um, that we can check out on YouTube that you and Samuel have put together and like maybe the, cause you guys are virtual. So how, what's an example of something you guys did and how, how'd you guys work to, to do that? Yeah. So, um, there was a video. Yeah. That's what I was going to mention. There's this uh, video we did for the city of Carenton. I think, I think Christian, you mentioned it uh, a while back on the, on this podcast, but, um, we, Carenton asked us to make a video for them for uh, either Memorial Day or D-Day, which D-Day. So they asked us to make a video uh, and Christian tossed to me and Sam said, hey, we had all these people send in these little clips saying thanks to Normandy. And then um, Sam had pretty much the big task of cutting it all together. Uh, and I was there to kind of guide him on um, 
more like the uh i don't even know the word the fine tuning yeah. of the video so you know he put the main storyline together and whenever he would cut to some b-roll or use a transition i would he, he would upload it to frame.io um christian has given us access to that account uh and so i would watch it me and christian would both leave comments saying at 156 i think you should use a crossfade rather than a dip to black or you know any kind of advice or critiques that we thought would make it better and then sam would go back and he'd change it re-upload and we'd continue critiquing until we thought it was finished and that's on our youtube page right now yeah and so what was so great about that is that kyler has now worked with me for a year and there were other little things that i've had him do or create and and because he's been sort of in our team he knows the look of our stuff he knows how it should feel he had some of our elements like you know I don't know, title cards and things like that. The fonts and everything. So, yeah, the yeah. fonts. So it was just easier for me to talk to Kyler and say, hey, tell Sam to do this, educate Sam in this. And what I love about that is it, it all of a sudden, Kyler went from being a guy that pushed buttons, sorry, Jason, don't mean to say that <laughs> derogatorily, um, to a guy that is now overseeing and you know, kind of helping and teaching. And I just, I love that model. And I love that about the girl who wore freedom that we have that ability to, um, to help each other. And Sam, I have to say kicked butt when he came on, he did the first draft of that video with no, no input at all. I just said, here's the folder. Here's all the videos. So what we had done is I had recorded a video and then we had veterans and we had crew members record little videos that we put together that said thank you to Normandy and I just threw those all at Sam and said put this together now that's the worst direction you can give anybody <laughs> but I was busy trying to finish a feature film as you can recall so I really needed to trust them um, and I was blown away when I first showed it to Bill the editor he's like wow who did this a kid right out of film school so um, so that was great, you know. Um, I, I think the funniest thing with working with Sam is that he said something. I'm not sure where you said this, Sam. Was it in our Sunday night meetings where you said how different it's been working with me than working in school? Yeah, because, because you know what you want. Um, because, <laughs> because you really are able to express specifically what you want to see and um, – I think it's not just that I haven't had direction. I think I just haven't had such specific direction. And I, I mean that very much as a compliment. Yeah. And I, well, I think too, you have mentioned that you in school, you treated everything as a project. Mm -hmm. You did the project and you turned it in and it was over yeah. and you moved on to the next thing. And so how is this different? Um, that I go back to the project uh, again and again and do different drafts um, in school. You don't, I think like I would have gone back um, on a lot of projects in school, but you don't have time. So it's usually kind of like one pass and then you turn it in for a grade. And so I got, I got into that rhythm of it. And um, when I'm done with something I've used, I've, I got into the rhythm of expecting that to be done, but no, now I go back. Um, so it's been, it's been really uh, uh, challenging, but I think it's really uh, helping me grow as an editor and to be able to develop a better eye for things to be able to go back and look at my work and go, 
okay, here's here I can choose a better shot, or I can edit this in a different way. Um, and so it's been it's been a, a unique challenge, but but um, very beneficial. I will say that was definitely a frustration with any schooling that I had for video. It, it was very much like, oh, here's a project, do the project, turn it in by Friday. And mm -hmm. you've also got six other classes to attend to. And yeah. I, I can probably speak for both Sam, myself and Sam, that we've learned so much more outside of school than we did in school, mm -hmm. uh, largely due to this project. So. And I would say, too, for young editors that are listening, really anyone, this is the value of volunteering in a project like this. Because they are getting, this is more like a graduate education, right? You, you got the basics in your, little, in your you know, degree so far. But there really is something different working in a real-world setting. That's why Ken Burns will say, just go out and do it. You can't learn how to be a documentary filmmaker by sitting in a class just go do it. And so here, you know, it's sort of like, I liken Sam to what you experienced in film school is like a sprint as opposed to a marathon runner or cross, cross country runner. You had a project, you did it real quick. It was over, you put it behind you. Well, you have to develop different muscles for working on a film. And that's just, I mean, think about Bill has been editing this piece of video watching it every day, listening to it every day since 2018 yeah you know that is the difference it's like a film doing a film is a marathon it is not a sprint and you have to condition your mind and your expectations and your time and all of those things you have to get used to that kind of experience as opposed to just running a sprint and you can't do it like that in one day mm -hmm. so how, how does christian how does this team and maybe even broader all your teams like if you had a budget, let's say, and you had a production company and said, boom, here's your budget, uh, you would know how long you could have an editor, how long you could have a, a content creative team. But since most of your people are, or many of them are volunteers, what's the future look like? Like how, how long are you going to have a creative content team and, and a publicist? And like, do you, do you know what this looks like for the rest of 2020 and then going into the next year? Yeah, I certainly have an idea of what it will look like for 2020 and even in 2021, simply because we are still trying to, you know, find distribution. But what I'm learning is even in finding distribution, that's not the end of the story. Like this is going to be in my life for the rest of my life in some various way, shape or form. I will retain control of it. And so I will be able to take it anywhere I want, speak anywhere I want, whether it's in a film school or whether it's in a history class or whether it's wherever, whether it's no matter what country it is in. But I will also be constantly trying to sell it. So for example, if I did a deal with the History Channel, it could be a two-year deal and that deal would be done. And then I'd be looking for another deal. Um, and so... And every time we do a new deal, they could want it re-edited, maybe shorter. Maybe they want something cut out. And so then you have to go back to the drawing board. So it's never really done, I don't think. Although I am now starting to transition to work on other projects. And the two that are kind of, actually there's three that are sort of on my mind. One is I would like to take this film and make it a three-part documentary that are uh, an hour each. Um, of the occupation, liberation, and celebration. 
And then I would like to do this story about a resistance, um, the Dutch resistance helping an Amer a downed American fighter. And then there's one about four boys that were killed uh, and sent home at the same time. Uh, and, you know, that's a story that's never been covered. So I'll start to work on those while we're trying to get this one sold. And as far as my team goes, I will have them as long as they want to stay with me because um, there's much to learn. And I'm sure that at times, like people are going to want to go and I will need to replace them because the, the content that we're creating now is for social media and we're going to constantly want to have an audience engaged. Our audience is only going to grow as we grow and we do these film festivals and your audience comes to follow you and they want to stay engaged. So you need to give them new stuff. So it's why we do a podcast each week. It's why we write a blog each week. It's why we make new videos. Plus it gives people opportunities to learn new things. So, so Kyla, remind us, where can we go to see uh, the content that you and Sam are putting together? Uh, YouTube.com slash the girl who wore freedom. And you can just check out all our videos there. We have plenty, uh, a lot of uh, uh, sneak peeks from the film. If you haven't seen it, you can uh, see several uh, sneak peeks of that. We have deleted scenes that aren't in the film anymore. They were in the original cut and they are, they were cut, unfortunately. Um, and uh, then we have some extra things that was like um, Christian, when you met the Bouchelis, Um and then uh, things that we made for D-Day and Memorial Day. So there's plenty of content to, to yeah. take in there and it's all really good. And we would love for people if they go to YouTube and watch to leave us comments because we are trying to increase our subscribers, increase our engagement there on YouTube. So if you're a fan of the film and listening to the podcast, definitely help us out on YouTube. Um, we also need more people to stop by the store and purchase girl who wore freedom items. It helps us. We're still, um, I still need to pay, uh, the colorist and the sound guy. And so I could really use donations. If people have any money to spare, that would be incredibly helpful. And yeah, that's what we need this week. Before we wrap up a couple things, Kyler, is there anywhere we can go to see any of the things that you, any of your personal projects? Yeah, uh, I have a YouTube page called Red Relic Productions. I have a short film on there uh, called Anxiety, a visual representation. And then I do a podcast as well called the Feature Film Podcast. We talk about movies uh, 2010 and prior. And yeah. Oh. Very cool. It's called a Feature Film? The Feature Film Podcast, yep. Okay. And then Christian, you were just at a, you were just in France, I'm using air quotes, for a conference, correct? Yes, I was there. I had to get up this morning at five to meet with uh, people in France. The sunny side, or sunny side of the Dock conference? Sunny so. Side of the Dock. It's a conference that normally happens in France every year. And it, people go there, it, buyers go there who are looking for film content, documentary film content. Filmmakers go there that are looking for homes for their documentary films. And people that are in the industry that are selling tools 
uh, for the trade go there as well. Of course, this year we weren't able to go in person, so it's held virtually. It took me a long time to figure out how the heck to participate in this. Um, it's been, it was a very frustrating process. I think it ends tomorrow, and I think I've just now today sort of figured out the best way to participate in this virtual conference. Uh, the most exciting thing that happened today was that I met with a group called Pitch the Doc, pitchthedoc.com. Pitchthedoc.com is an interesting tool. It's not a, basically, it's just a, how do you put it? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, <laughs> I can't, how do I put it? It's like a social network, but for filmmakers and film buyers. So they don't sell anything and they don't really charge you anything. You come and you be a member of it and that's free. And so you go there, put up your film to make a pitch and then the buyers do the same thing. And then you can connect with each other. And I'm not sure where the fee part is going to come in yet. I'm just now learning this, but I think it would be a great tool here in the United States, but it's a small little Polish company. Uh, a man and a woman live in Poland, created this concept and are running this thing. It's two years old. Uh, so I think it's a great uh, tool for documentary filmmakers to be a part of pitch the doc.com. And then I also met with two um, archival people uh, and one used to work at INA and you've heard me talk about INA before. They're the media house in France that owns our footage of Charles de Valivier who was shot in the back. And the other one is a rights and clearance person in France. And so I met with them and they're, job is to help filmmakers source the archival materials that they need and get the rights and clearances. So it was, I wish I would have met them, you know, a year ago, but it's nice to have met them now. And they told me about some tools that I didn't even know about. So perhaps I will be able to integrate some of that stuff. So from that, I also got a list of film buyers all over Europe, and I got their email addresses. So just today, we're crafting uh, an introductory email to all of the people that there's like, I have no idea, hundreds, um, probably 800 media buyers that, so we'll send out this list to introduce people to the girl who wore freedom, and we'll see what happens. They're almost all European. They're probably about 25 American ones. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I paid about, yeah, I paid about $200 for this experience and it's a much more economical way than if it hadn't been online. Right. So online I paid $200 and now I have access to all of these people that I can, you know, make contact with. If I would have been, it probably would have been a $3,000 expense. So worked out good. All right. Before we wrap up, anything else we need to cover with Kyler and Sam before we let them go, Christian? No, I think the only thing I'd like to hear, though, is why Kyler, Kyler likes the movie proposal. Okay. So <laughs> I, I just haven't heard any other movie podcasts that I really enjoy. Um, there are plenty to pick from, but there's none that I – enjoy more because I really like knowing uh, why people think what they think about movies, you know? And so it's been we're, great. We're going to use that quote. Okay. We're going to do it. That. <laughs> <laughs> Kyler Redding. 
No and other good movie. No <laughs> good movie. <laughs> yeah, I truly love it. Uh, it was a great way to um, kill time in college for sure. Whenever I was driving anywhere or if I was just folding laundry, I would put it on. I would listen. It was great. And so, Where's Josh, that quote too? folding laundry, listen to the movie proposal. <laughs> Josh, tell us a little bit about the movie proposal again, why you came up with it, what the formula is. Well, uh, the, 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 it's kind of a longer story, but the short of it is, is in college, I had friends that I could talk to about movies. And then I moved up to Wheaton and I got a job. And all we did was talk about movies. And, and then the job went away. My friends from college lived in other states and I had no one to talk to about movies. And I met Sky Jatani. And every time we talked to each other, we saw each other, we talked movies. We'd always say, what have you seen? And then we, and uh, when the, the Force Awakens came out, I called him up and I, I, I felt really sheepish about this. But I was like, can I, can we meet? I'd like to talk to someone about this movie. <laughs> and he felt the same way. And so, uh, and then, of course, he was on the Holy Post and they wanted to provide more content. So they gave this uh, idea of talking about movies. And, and Sky came up with the idea of something, bar, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. So it gives us a format what movies to talk about, but it's my, my creative outlet right now. I'm, I'm not making things. So I get to talk about them. And I guess there's people out there who like to listen to that. Kyler, I'm glad you're one of them. Thank you. Absolutely. I really wish you had, you two had recorded the conversation about the force awakens. I really wish I had been able to hear that. <laughs> Maybe have you done that on, has that been an old Something old one? Yeah, I forget what the first episode was we did. I know Zootopia was a really early one. Zootopia was the first one. Okay. Um, but I, I'd have to go look. Sky has his, and this is more Sky's thing, where he has a whole dissertation about, you know, the most recent three chapters and, and one, why they're not working, but two, what he would have done, which to me is fascinating. Um, and of course I wish it would have gone his route, but no one asked him. So whatever, uh, there'll be sky. Maybe Wars. We could do a, a star Wars theme one, one day. I don't know. <laughs> I think you should, that might be really popular. Yeah. I heard what you said, Sam sky Wars. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, do you have any questions? Wait, uh, what did you say? The sky is where the stars are. So I love that. <laughs> Jason, do you have any questions or thoughts to interject here? You're a young filmmaker yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I would really just back up what you guys are saying that like making things actually doing the work is what will really help you grow. So to any young filmmakers or, or editors listening to this, absolutely just make things. Like I was talking to someone who reached out to me not too long ago about like, how do I get started? And the main thing I said was like, do everything you know, act, direct, write, do every possible part of it that you can because you will learn so much about each perspective. And yeah, I think you guys are a great example of that, of like, you didn't think you'd probably be working on a World War II documentary piece, but you kind of just, all right, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And you ended up learning so much through that. So yeah, I think it's awesome that you guys are here and I'm really glad that you came on the show today. Yeah, me too. Thank you guys for your time. Really appreciate it. I know that you may get in trouble, Kyler, for leaving your job, but... No, nah, I cleared with them. They're cool. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you following along on our journey. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell, and you can be the one to tell it. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we would really appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about The Girl Who Wore Freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email. And sign up for our newsletter at thegirlwhowarefreedom.com. Please go to thegirlwhowarefreedom.com slash donate to make a donation today.